Thank you. Life Sets Global, what an honor and a privilege it is for me to bring God's Word uh, to you today. Thank you for everyone uh, here and at home uh, who greeted me, clapped for me, honored me. I receive your honor uh, and I release double portion of honor back to you. And so what, a, what an honor and privilege it is for me to bring God's Word uh, to you today. I'm just a vessel that God has chosen but what's most important is what He has to say uh, today, you know, and I believe that you are absolutely ready for God's Word, uh, that you have an expectant heart, not only just to receive the Word, but also to apply it in your life. You know, as Life Church Global, we have a, a high value for the Word of God. Uh, and when I say a high value, it doesn't just only mean that we lean in to hear the Word, but we also lean in to allow the Word of God uh, to do what it does and live itself through our lives. See, we, we understand from last week's message that the Word of God is alive. The Word of God interacts with you. But uh, let me tell you something, the Word of God is phenomenal. By itself, it is phenomenal. You know, the book of Hebrews chapter four and verse 12 says, the Word of God is living and active. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword and you can go through the verse and read it. But I just want to tell you about these two things quickly. It's living and it's active. It, it's living means that it's alive. It's a, it's a living being. It, it has, it carries the intention to not only live inside of you, but also to give you life. That is powerful. That's powerful. But, but, the, but the amazing thing about the Word of God being active is that it just doesn't sit dormant on the inside of you and requires your permission in order to activate. You know, some of us get a vaccine and then we get another dose uh, in order to activate things. You know, the Word of God is not like that. The Word of God, when you receive a dose uh, of the Word of God, it gets on the inside of you and it is active because it is living. It's not a dead virus that is put on the inside of you. It's a living being. And so when it gets on the inside of you, it begins to be active. That word active is the word energase in, uh, in Greek. And it means to be, it's where we get the word energy from. Aren't you grateful to God? Aren't you glad that as a child of God, you don't need an energy drink for you to have energy? You need a dose of the Word of God. You need the Word of God on the inside of you. And the Word of God carries in itself the, the grace, the energy grace of God. It carries the energy of God, the energy of Elohim. It carries that energy. And when it gets on the inside of you, it doesn't sit dormant. It is moving. It's active. But one of the meanings of that word energies is that it is producing results. Say, tell somebody next to you that it's producing results. The Word of God is producing results in me. Tell your neighbor that the Word of God is producing results in me. Aren't you glad that you have a God who gives, who makes a covenant with you and He's the God who keeps the covenant Himself? It's amazing. He gives you a promise and the promise really lives itself out of you. You don't have to do anything for the promise to be activated. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to fast. You don't have to pray. You don't have to jump up and down. You don't have to do, you know, the, the, the hoops, the Christian hoops or go through the Christian hoops. You just have to be. You have to be available. You have to be available. And by being available, I'm saying, you're saying yes to God's Word. 
And when you say yes to God's word, God's word gets on the inside of you and begins to work. It's active, it is sharp, it is living. It begins to give you life, but also at the same time, my goodness, He is performing God's intention in and through your life. God's Word, and this is what I mean when we have a high value for the Word of God. We're just saying, hey, listen, I have a high value. I'm going to lean into this because it's not just John speaking. God is speaking to me today. And when God is speaking, when you position your heart to receive truth like that, the Word of God gets on the inside of you and it starts working. It starts moving. It's active. It has this energy. You just have this energy, the energy of God on the inside of you. There's a divine energy that surpasses all the energy that you can get from food, from sugary drinks, you know, from any other uh, chemical uh, composition that you might inject into your body or take into your body. The energy of God trumps all of these things. God's energy is a divine energy. It's a pure energy. And there are no side effects from it. There are only good effects from it. Come on now, somebody. Give Jesus some praise wherever you are. Today, the title of my message is Live From Within. Live From Within. You know, I want you to just slow down for a moment. I know I've been on a a high energy dose at the moment. (laughs) But I just want you to slow down a bit. Just slow down for a moment and just think about this title. Live from within. And I want you to ask yourself the question, do I live my life from within or do I live my life from outside everything that's happening around me? A majority of us react to things that are happening in our life. But today I want to bring a reset to uh, a very foundational subject in our lives. Uh, And and I want us to bring us back to um, a, a devotional life where God intends for us to be. And when I say that, what I mean is God has prioritized us, prioritized Himself to minister to us from the inside out. A lot of Christians want God to minister to to them from the outside in. We've we've come into a place where we desire the external encounter with God more than the internal encounter with God. And we've positioned our lives. Christianity in itself for years has positioned a relationship with God based on an external working of God and not an internal working of God. See, Jesus in the Gospels, when He's teaching, He's talking about the scribes and Pharisees and He calls them whitewashed tombs. You look really good and Christian on the outside, but inside you are a, you are a tomb full of bones, ugly on the inside. And God, He prioritizes His relationship with you, not externally, but primarily internally. He ministers to us first on the inside. And from that place, the the area that He ministers to you in will become the area that begins to transform everything around you. So people had an external relationship with God, but never knew Him personally. But until Jesus Christ. Until Jesus Christ. He came and flipped the switch. He came and reset what it's meant to be. You know, um, we 
often look at external breakthroughs, the need in our lives as the evidence of God working in our life. But actually speaking, if your life is based and you've got to assess your life right now, if your life is based on going from miracle to miracle, breakthrough to breakthrough, then your relationship with God is still based on an Old Testament theology, an Old Testament relationship with God. If you're going from, oh man, I celebrate this breakthrough, God moved in my life. Wow, what an awesome miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then after a few months of that, of you experiencing that breakthrough, you're not seeing God move in your life. You're not experiencing that another breakthrough. You, you, oh, pastor, please pray for me. I went through a, a wilderness experience. Let me, let, me, let me suggest this to you. Going through a wilderness experience after Jesus has gone through it uh, would be choosing to say that what Jesus did was not good enough. Your relationship with God is based on God working in your life, not working in you. There is a difference. And what I'm talking about today and what I want to present to you today, that God prioritizes working in you above working in your life. It's a good word today. I can feel it. It's a good word. And so we see that the reason why we embrace breakthroughs, external breakthroughs in our life is only because over a period of time, even though you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're in the new covenant, over a period of time, uh, we've allowed uh, uh, ourselves to create barriers uh, that we need breakthrough from in order to feel that we have a relationship with God. These barriers, ladies and gentlemen, are, are, are psychosomatic lockdowns that we have created based on a false perception and an expectation that we have of God, that uh, of what God does and what our relationship with God is like. So we create these psycho psychosomatic lockdowns where our mind and our body is limited to experiencing what God does on the inside of us. We create a priority for what God does externally more than what He's doing internally because what God is doing on the, on the inside of us, nobody else knows, nobody else sees it, nobody else experiences it, only I do it. So it's only for me, but then, you know, I, I, want, I want that breakthrough. I want that million dollars in the bank account. Nothing wrong with it. But all the, the things that we experience externally is just uh, the evidence of the breakthroughs that we experience personally with God. When, when I say breakthroughs, I'm talking about God breaking the mindsets that create physical somatic lockdowns that, that hinder you from physically experiencing God on the inside of you. If I were to ask you the question, uh, how many of us have had a genuine experience of God on the inside of us? Most of us would go back to the moment when we got saved. And wow, I felt something different. And then I felt like God was doing something different. And I felt God come into my heart. And then I felt like a new creation. Wow, I saw the world and I saw God and I saw people with, with a new perspective. And then, then suddenly you came to church and church discipled you. And then you followed people and those people discipled you into believing that the external was a greater priority than the internal. But we're going to reverse it today. 
<laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna set us free. We're gonna set our church in in the in, into the place where God wants us to be in. And it's really awesome, you know. Our our, our, our need, we follow. You look at look at Christians today. You know, we follow people who. We're a man of God. Wow, man, there's so many miracles happening in her life, in his life. I want I want to receive from them. I feel like they have a revelation. Wow, they have a revelation. Wow, they're giving such mystical teachings and prophet, prophetic stuff. And he prophesies and she prophesies. Accurate words, accurate. We give all these terms to people, to men and women of God who actually have a very simple internal relationship with God. All those people that you call mighty men and women of God have paid a price, have left the external and pursued the internal and have connected with that source so much that they don't care about what happens around them. They only care about God and what, who He is and how they're interacting with Him and how they're fellowshipping with Him. And then everything else around them becomes an overflow of really what happens on the inside. See, I, I want to tell you, you are a mighty man of God. You are a mighty woman of God. It's just that you, your, your focus is in the wrong place. I'm not saying that external miracle signs and wonders are not good and, and they're, they're distraction. No, ladies and gentlemen, when we testify of it, we're testifying of an evidence of someone being personally connected with God, so connected with God that these are just a byproduct. We're not even trying hard, man, for these miracles. Can you imagine? We're just sending a message on our thumbs and people are getting healed. How, how much of hard work is that? We're sending message, we send a link to a person and the guy comes out of the hospital. How can you, how can you say that, oh my God, you know, I tried so hard. I prayed, Pastor, oh my God, Pastor John, prayed, my goodness, day and night for that guy to come out of the hospital. No, I did not. But I did pray, day and night, connecting with God on the inside. And I would love for you to open your Bibles to John chapter four and we'll read a familiar passage uh, in, in this story. John chapter 4 and verse 1 onwards. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there and Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey sat thus by the well and it was about the sixth hour, a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. 
Now this scripture, this passage has oftentimes been used for worship. And yes, it is right. Jesus is talking about worship, but he's not talking about external worship. He's talking about internal worship. She is talking about external worship. Jesus is talking about internal worship. And Jesus says to her, give me a drink. And the first thing she says is, How, why are you asking me for a drink? So she brings in race and division when God is saying, can I have a relationship with you? She brings all the things that could, should divide her from God, but she doesn't recognize him as God. So God keeps going on. You know, God is patient with us. Even while we are still foolish in our earthly ways, God is patient with us. And so now we see that um, while God is, Jesus responds to her and he says, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is, that says to you, give me a drink. You would ask him for a drink and he would give you living water. Now this, this gift that we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, is the gift that God gives to you. It's, a, it's his spirit that he gives to you as a gift. And when you get to know this gift that lives on the inside of you, this gift gives you access to not just water, but He gives you access to living water, which means the, the living aspect of the water is the, uh, the intention of God when He gives you His Word. So His Word comes to you through the Holy Spirit. And when you receive that Word through the Holy Spirit, that Word begins to give you life. So we're talking in context of water now. And Jesus says uh, to this woman, if you knew the gift, if you had an experience with the gift, if you fellowshiped with the gift, if you had first-hand knowledge of the gift on the inside of you, if you knew who this person was on the inside of you and experienced him, he would give you access to living waters. So which means the living waters on the inside of you, you don't have experience of it and your thirst is not quenched, your spiritual thirst is not quenched because you've not had an experience with the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, living water uh, comes from a source. And that source is the source of life itself. And so what Jesus is saying to you and me is if you had an experience, a first-hand experience. No, I'm not talking about church. I was in a church and you know, I experienced God. Oh, you know, our Pastor John prayed for me and I experienced God on, uh, you know, I felt the power of God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an everyday interaction, first-hand information, first-hand experience with the gift itself. When you do that, He gives you access to living water, which means living water begins to flow through an experience with the Holy Spirit. And so you must understand that 80, uh, sorry, about 60 to 65% of the human body is full of water. And because the human body has so much of water in it, water flowing through the body is very important for the sustenance of the body, for the body to live, 
for the body for all the organs to begin to function uh, for for all your vital organs to function for everything every cell to be replenished with oxygen you need water and that's why the 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 health professionals tell you that you need to drink as much clean water as possible fresh the fresh the water the more pure the water the better it is for you why because that god never created you to be a well god created you to be a river god created you not to have stagnant water but god created you to have living water that was flowing in and through your life so if you understand jesus is meeting this woman at a well and the well is the the she says you know you know the water is quite low how are you going to bring that water up only reason why is because it's a man made well when your relationship with god is external you build yourself into a well and you wait for god to move from healing to healing miracle to miracle breakthrough to breakthrough testimony to testimony in order for you to have glimpses of god rain water falling on the inside of your well and filling you up and you think you are having a phenomenal relationship with god when god is saying listen i i just don't want to rain on you i want to be the i want to be the source of the river that flows in and through your life come on somebody and so now jesus is is telling her listen if you only knew the gift if you only had a first hand experience with this gift and if you asked the gift to give you a drink my goodness you would have living water you would have an experience of living water we need living water ladies and gentlemen we don't need stagnant water we don't need water from another well we need water from god personally every single day of our life you know that they say hey you need to drink a minimum of eight glasses i don't believe in it but i just do what the lord leads me to do but at the end of the day i understand that fresh water needs to come in and it needs to pull all the 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 stuff outside of me and it needs to flow out of me it shouldn't stay in me see when god begins to move in your life when god begins to do things in your life when it rains when he rains on your life it's not just meant for you you get replenished but it needs to flow out of you in order for you to begin to be sustained by god see the human body ladies and gentlemen is a projection of what is in the spirit which means you are a spirit being and god's light begins to flow through you actually the earth and everything around us the physical realm around us is a projection of the spirit realm which means there are certain points of certain uh, aspects of our body that project light that and over 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 years and years of 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 projection and overlapping with one another we have a touch field see aspect of life which seems to be more real to us than the spirit realm so as we interact with the touch field and see more the spirit realm becomes less and less to us and this realm becomes more real to us sadly christians have been experiencing the physical realm more than the spiritual realm but god is spirit he became flesh but he sent his spirit he is a spirit being 
here and he lives he wants to live on the inside of you and he wants you to have a personal experience with him he wants you to develop a relationship with him he wants you to encounter him encounter god on the inside my goodness what a god so generous to give you one third of the trinity just think about that. You're not just ordinary. God doesn't think that you're ordinary. You are special to be able to host one third of the Trinity. In fact, Jesus says, if you love me and obey my commandments, me and my father will come and make a home in you. Hello, you are way more important than you believe yourself to be. Verse 11, the woman said to him, sir, she goes into sir mode. You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You see, Jesus is talking to her about internal. She's considering external. Are you greater than our father Jacob? Now she's going to ancestry stuff. Who gave us the well and drank from it himself and as well as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said to her, I love how Jesus talks to us. You know, we go to him with the external. He talks to us about the internal. And sometimes we don't know what he's saying. Wow, what, what? I just need my bills to be paid. Sure, have a drink. Then Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water that is in the well will thirst again. See, when we think about revivals, revivals, God moved and then man sustained it. It becomes a well. They said, re-digging the wells of revival. Uh, what I believe that God is doing in Life Church Global is not a revival. It's a new thing. It's a revolution. There's, there's something new that God is birthing through Life Church Global in the world. Especially, and you, know, you must understand, you must know that Jesus was a Middle Eastern man. He was not a sage in the Far East and he was not a monk in the, in the West. He was a Middle Eastern man. So there's, there's a lot of inheritance here on this land. That this land cries out with interaction with God. If you only connect with the Holy Spirit, He will connect you to the voices that have prayed in this region for centuries of years. And so Jesus says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. While I'm saying that, you, once you start hearing the prayers of the saints that have been prayed over the years in the Middle East, it's your responsibility to say yes and amen to those prayers. Because when you say yes and amen to those prayers, you become the fulfillment of what is in their life, what they prayed for, what they contended for. You actually are the fulfillment. Their reward is tied with you. So don't, don't just think that what I'm talking about is just, oh, it's a mystical thing. No, it's a normal thing for Christians. Because the Bible, God says, hey, listen, the blood of, of Abel cries out from the ground. So Jesus says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. Never thirst again. Can you imagine what a life that is? But the water that I shall give him will, will become not it can become based on your permission, it will become in him, guess what? A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And he's saying, hey, listen, you can dig a well, 
You can, you, you can become a well yourself and you can, you can wait for the rain of God to fall and you can contend for the rain of God. And the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. And when that, when you experience that rain, you'll be like, yes, God has moved in my life. Hallelujah. I'm going to send a testimony to lifetosglobal.com. And so when you do, oh wow, now you're waiting for the next rain to come. You're waiting for the next miracle, the next breakthrough. But God is like, hey, listen, I want to do something in you. I want to I release a breakthrough in you. What would it be like if you would only open your mind to this? What kind of a life would it be instead of waiting for a breakthrough to happen, breakthrough exists on the inside of you. What if you are waiting for God to always do a breakthrough but you encounter the God of the breakthrough on the inside of you and you are a walking, talking breakthrough. You walk into the room and breakthroughs begin to happen in the room. You walk into the hospital, breakthroughs begin to happen in the hospital. You're not praying for a miracle. You are the miracle that they prayed for. Life is global. This is our inheritance and I believe that you will mature into understanding this soon. And he says, whoever drinks of this water that I shall give him will never thirst again. And this shall become in him a fountain of water. See the experience with God that you have on the inside of you. When you experience the Holy Spirit, when you experience this gift, when you value him as a gift, that place of experience, that moment of encounter becomes a fountain that will begin to flow out of you. Just open your mind to this. We think only about external, but I want you to think about the internal. When you experience God on the inside of you, where you meet God, where you experience Him, that part becomes a fountain that begins to flow out of you. Now, that fountain that flows first floods the area that it is in. Which means when you encounter God, you will feel it on the inside of you. You will experience it on the inside of you. You will know that you touched God and God touched you. Something happened on the inside of you. Something happened. Something happened. Something's happening right now. Something's happening right now. And something happened and where God touched you, where God encountered you now becomes a fountain that begins to flood you. You become so filled with the Holy Spirit. You become so filled with the power of God. Every single, like just like water, every single cell in your body begins to get infiltrated, begins to get flooded with uh, the living water. Now this living water begins to now break the barriers of the river, break the banks of the river and begins to flood every other area. Can you imagine a river does not give water permission to flow? A river does not hinder water from flowing. In fact, the river says, wherever the water goes, I will just change my life according to Come on now, I will change my life according to where the river is flowing. And this is really what God wants from us. He doesn't want us to give Him a cookie cutter life that He can fit in. That's a well. That's a well that, that has barriers and psychosomatic lockdowns that not only lock you down but from experiencing God, but also locks God down from flowing out of you. 
But then when you allow that fountain, when you encounter that fountain on the inside of you, my goodness, that fountain that becomes, it becomes a spring of living, living water that, that springs up in you, it bubbles up and it springs up on the inside of you. And then it begins to flood the area. And then all of, all of a sudden, now you begin to walk into the office and there's just the Holy Spirit just flooding the office. People don't know, but they're just slip sliding in love with Jesus. They're encountering the Holy Spirit. You don't even have to pray. You don't even have to give God permission. You just have to say, Holy Spirit, use me as a vessel. Use me as the river. Use me as the banks of the river. Wherever you go, I will go. I will follow you because I desire you. And so, I realize that when God gives us a gift, that gift has to be experienced. If someone were to bless me with a car, and I'm so grateful for this awesome car, V8, sorry, V12, uh, you know, supercharged V12, uh, really super luxurious, and I'm so grateful for this car, and I'm receiving it, and I thank you so much. Wow, God has provided for this, I'm praising God. Send my testimony to testimonies at lifestylesglobal.com and we celebrate it. But the car is parked in the garage. The car's parked, just, man, God blessed me with the gift. Parked in the garage. God blessed me with the gift, brother. You don't understand. God blessed me with a gift. Where is it? In the garage. Have you used it? Have you sat in it? Have you sat in those seats? Have you experienced the power that is in that V12 supercharged engine? Have you actually allowed yourself to, to allow, drive around while the wind blows in your head? Have you experienced the gift of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? A majority of Christians have the Holy Spirit parked on the inside, but they've never experienced the Holy Spirit on the inside of Him. Let me explain to you, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. The Holy Spirit is the gateway to the realm of the Spirit. Everything that God is, is He gives you access to that realm. You don't need fasting and prayer, you need connection with the Holy Spirit. I want you to go to um, uh, Jeremiah chapter 2 very quickly. I want to show you something beautiful in Jeremiah that God says to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13, it says this, For my people... Now he's talking about Israel. For my people have committed two evils. This is God saying it to Jeremiah, okay? He's saying, Jeremiah, go to them and prophesy that they've committed two evils. For my people have committed two evils. What's the first one? They have forsaken me. Personal. Wow. Not they've forsaken my church. Not they've forsaken their gifting. Not they've, have they forsaken their, their blessings. Not they've forsaken husband, wife, all that kind of stuff. None of it. He said they've forsaken me. Personal. Now listen to this. And he defines himself. The fountain of living waters. When you don't have an experience with the gift that is within you, and you run after the blessings that is outside of you, you forsake God. You are forsaking Him. He's not upset with you. He's patient. He's long-suffering. And so now, 
verse 13 he says you have committed two evils they have forsaken me the fountain of living waters and they have hewn themselves cisterns wells broken cisterns that can hold no water so every person that considers himself as a well they have built my life around these experiences external experiences god is saying that hey listen those are broken they can't even hold my water they can't even hold the living water why because the natural tendency of the water is to flow not to be stored when we look at the the financial systems in the world it has to come and go not come and stay when you receive seed and bread you don't park the seed in the garage and say i will sow it at a particular time you eat the bread and you sow the seed because that is the intention for god in your life so you must understand when water flows when you create a well lifestyle not well of life when you create a well lifestyle the tendency is to receive and store maybe rainy day i can get water out and and satisfy myself but when you have an encounter with the fountain of life the fountain begins to bubble up on the inside of you you know that the source is endless the supply is endless living water is constantly flowing on the inside of you you are not digging storage wells but you're allowing the the mighty force of the river to create its banks and allows the water to go where it needs to go where god is taking his water and so he says hey listen god god feels forsaken when israel you know forsakes him and the fountain of life and jesus is really talking about the fountain here he's saying listen when you when you drink of this water you will not only be quenched of your thirst but the area that you are quenched in the area that you are satisfied in the area that you experience god in becomes in you a fountain of life what would it be like to be in a church where people are so content with god that they're not needy all the time what would it be like to be in a marriage where your husband or your wife is not depending on you all the time holding on to you i'm needy i'm needy i'm needy pastor i'm needy pastor i'm needy pray for me call me text me if you don't do it i don't feel loved by you i'm not going to come to your church we have those experiences with people and that's why i'm saying it needy people are people who have built wells and not have had an experience with god because when you are needy he shall supply riches to meet your need but it happens on the inside ladies and gentlemen he supplies your need on the inside he gives you when when that supply meets your need it not only satisfies you but it becomes a fountain that flows from you so what god does to you now becomes a fountain that god begins to do through you to everybody around you this is powerful church this is powerful you know in the book of genesis when god was creating man he doesn't when god forms man out of the the ground he says let us make man in our image according to our likeness and then in chapter 2 and verse 7 he forms man out of the dust what does he do then 
God breathes where? Into man. He doesn't breathe upon man. He doesn't breathe around man. He breathes the breath of life into man. And when he breathes the breath of life into man, the Bible says that man became a living soul, which means the breath of life, the, the spirit of God, the Ruach of God enters into man and gives man life. It makes an inanimate object like mud a being. God takes, a, a, without the Holy Spirit, you're just formed mud. Think about that. Without experience the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you are just living mud. But when you experience the Holy Spirit personally on the inside of you, you become a divine being. Because the Spirit is not just only, wow, you know, it's just another Spirit. This is the Spirit of the Son. The nature of the Son begins to come and live on the inside of you. And every time you interact, you fellowship, you commune with the Spirit of the Son, now that part becomes a fountain around you. Now you don't have fatherless people around you because the river of sonship begins to flow around you. And it satisfies, it transforms orphans into becoming sons of God. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 6, he says, those who are led by the Spirit of God, these, these are the sons of God. I want you to go to John chapter 14. Jesus in verse 15, 14 and verse 15, Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now the original text says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. <laughs> He's not giving you the option. He says, you will. Why? Because the word in you will keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may come and abide with you, guess what, forever. Wow, what would it be like to have a life fully satisfied forever? There is no... Every time you have a need, He satisfies you. See, a lot of times people look for a secret place. I want to be in the secret place with God. And they think they close the room and the room is a secret place. No, it's not. I want to define the secret place to you right now. This is a revelation that God gave me. Okay, different people, different revelation. To me, the secret place is that the Bible says that we are hidden in Christ. Secret place. And Christ dwells in us. Secret place. So you are the secret place where God interacts with you on the inside. Nobody knows what is happening, Shibu. No one knows what is happening on the inside of you. You look normal on the outside, but on the inside, you're divine. There's some interaction. You are, you are so content. You are so satisfied. You are so filled with the Holy Ghost. You are so full of joy. You are so full of peace. You are so full of love all the time. You're just bearing fruit. You are just automatically being blessed, being blessed, being blessed on the inside. And now the evidence of that blessing is happening on the outside. And people are asking the question, whoa, what is your secret, bro? Let me tell you my secret. 
if you abide in me and my words abide in you now the life that begins to flow from the spirit begins to flow in and through your life the secret is the spirit living on the inside of me the secret is the spirit living my god no demon in hell knows what is happening between god and you you and god can have a conversation you don't even need to open your mouth you can have an interaction with god you can experience god for yourself you know a lot of i've heard a lot of um uh, i've read a lot of reports uh, st- uh statistics about the church worldwide where they're saying uh, you know people below 30 years old are leaving the churches in droves and and the reason why is because they're not experiencing god nowhere does it say in the scriptures that you go to church to experience god So everyone who's under the age of 30 who had ever, never experienced God in church I want to invite you to this church. I want to invite you to this church because in this church we will teach you how to experience God on your own. You can come here man. We we got the we got the like we got all the secrets. We can teach you all the the ways in which you can actually have an encounter with God where you can experience God for yourself. A genuine experience. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I don't even need to lay hands on you. I'm just going to say, "Hey, listen, you've already got what God wanted to give you, and now I'll teach you how to interact with him." Today I'm going to take you through some steps of how to have an encounter with God. But let me finish this scripture and then I will take you into it. Then he says he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever who is the helper the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive wow the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you i will not leave you orphans i will come to you This is powerful. God is saying, "Hey, listen. The world, every method that they try, can sit for meditation for 6 hours, 10 hours a day. They can sit on the mountain top, on the top of the tree, in the bottom of the valleys, in the water, under the water, over the rivers, wherever they want to go, where where stay away from people, whatever they want to do to have some sort of experience with the divine." But I want to tell you the ecology of the divine dwells on the inside of you the atmosphere of heaven lives on the inside of you and all you need to do is you need to develop your ability to focus when you begin to focus on who lives on the inside of you the gift that dwells in you forever Listen your 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 the tantras that you do the mantras that you do the meditations the the not eating meat all that stuff that you do in order to have an experience with the divine I can give it to you for free All of those experiences that you worked so hard for on the external you can get it for free if you allow the gift to enter into your heart That gift is a free gift but it comes with the acknowledgement and the belief in who Jesus is. If you believe Jesus, 
as your Lord and Savior, if you believe Jesus is the Son of God, if you believe that Jesus is the way to God, all you need to do is you need to focus on the gift, Jesus, the Spirit on the inside of you and He will open the door for you to experience God for yourself. Experience the ecology of the divine. Experience this divine spirit. Experience this life force of who God is on the inside of you. I can guarantee you that your life will never be the same if you only have one experience with the gift of God. So today I want to encourage you right now. I'm going to take you through a couple of steps of of a meditation process that I go through on a daily basis. And most times I encounter God through His Word. I don't encounter God any other way except through the Word of God. And I use the scripture, I meditate on the scripture within me and I I create a dialogue with that scripture on the inside of me and that scripture opens up the realm for me to access God uh, or to experience this realm, experience the realm of the divine, experience heaven, go into the different levels of heaven, interact with angels, spirits, doing things like that. It, it, It just takes 10 minutes, doesn't take long just takes 10 minutes or maybe even less for some of you professionals out there it takes even less for some of you Uh, but all you need to do is you need to really in this moment channel your focus so I want to encourage you right now to put down your Bibles and we're going to play some music right now that will assist us in, in in this moment so I want you to close your eyes And I want you to sit upright, sit up straight with your back, with your head facing forward and your back upright. And I want you to take three deep breaths right now. When you take your, when you inhale, you need to feel your stomach expanding, the diaphragm expanding. That means you're, you know, you're you're receiving all the the, the, the ecology, the atmosphere in this, in this room, you're, exper- you're, you're inhaling it right now. Let me just say something while your eyes are closed. I have spoken God's word to you. That word has come through your television and it has entered into your house and it's circling around you right now. It is in the air and it is waiting for you to invite that word into you. So one of the ways that we invite the atmosphere of heaven, the Word of God on the inside, the spoken Word on the inside of us is by breathing it in. So I want you to take three deep breaths. I want you to inhale. Hold your breath. And exhale through your mouth. When you inhale, See the Word of God going on, to the, going on the inside of you, entering into your lungs and then infiltrating every part of your body. I want to encourage you to do it now. Let's do it three times. Let's go. One.
Third time, hold your breath longer. Now I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. You might be in a room full of people, but everybody's lifting up their hand. And I want you now to become aware of the fingertips on your hand. And that sense of fingertips, that awareness that you're feeling, I want you now to allow it to continue into your hand till your whole hand begins to feel, your whole palm begins to buzz with the awareness. Now I want, I want to welcome you to take that very same palm, that same hand. And I want you to put your hand on your stomach. <laughs> now instantly you will become aware, you'll become conscious of the gift that dwells on the inside of you. In your mind, I want you to greet the Holy Spirit. I want you to welcome the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to engage with Him. Now I want you to take your hand down but at the same time, keep the awareness on your belly. I want you in your heart now to begin to desire to have an experience with the gift. Some of you would start feeling like a bubbling happening on the inside of you. I'm not talking about experiencing God externally. I'm talking about experiencing God internally. Now I want you to see that bubbling becoming into a fountain. The pressure of water is increasing. Now the water is beginning to flow on the inside of you. <laughs> it's beginning to move all over your body. Jesus says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Not just a river, not just a stream, not just a well, but rivers. Streams become rivers, My rivers become mighty rivers. 
And I want you now to begin to experience this water just beginning to fill your upper body and your lower body at the same time. Just like the north of Israel and the south of Israel, the water is beginning to fill you right now. And it's beginning to fill you. It's going to the top of your head and all the way down to the soles of your feet. And in this moment, I just want you to rest and breathe and allow the water to live in you. Allow that water to replenish your spirit, replenish your mind, your will, your emotions. Just like God breathed into Adam, God is breathing into you right now. He's breathing the breath of life, the water of life on the inside of you. The Spirit is on the inside of you. And He's filling you. Some of you might be feeling a little bit intoxicated. Some of you might even hear sounds of, of water gurgling and, and water moving and water rushing. Some of, us, some of you might become very sensitive that a person is living on the inside of you, another person is living, who hears your thoughts, but you're, you're in this moment, you're beginning to experience His desire for you. He desires you. He desires to satisfy you. He desires to quench your thirst. And He desires to allow you to experience the goodness of God within you. Now I want you to take two deep breaths and before you open your eyes, I want you to thank the Holy Spirit for this experience. Also thank your body for being a good host, a good vessel, a good river. Let's breathe twice, take deep breaths. Now you can open your eyes. <laughs> I believe that you have had a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Some of you are feeling rested. Some of you are feeling satisfied. All these things are good experiences. But I want to encourage you to to develop a lifestyle, make this into a lifestyle of encountering God. You can do it any time of the day, any time of the night. I do it before I go to sleep. I do it as soon as I wake up. Every moment that I get, even while I'm sitting in, a, in the car, if Kelsey's driving, I, I, I meditate. This is a form of meditation. And we, we've received this word, so we're meditating on that word. 
And we, we use our imagination, like Pastor Neil taught us, we use our imagination, which is holy and sanctified, to lead us into experiencing God in a fresh and new way. So today, church, what a privilege it is for us to be able to serve you and minister to you and lead you into encountering the most precious gift in our lives. And so I want to encourage you this week to live from within. Bless you.